This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. A little bit earlier this week than what we normally do, but we needed to accommodate Cole. Mm. It's all about the Colster. Tim Fitzgerald... Zach Carlson, Ryan Gills Gilbert, and Cole the Anointed One Carmody here in the GPC studios in my basement with two adorable dogs that are asleep. We have uh, so many questions about realignment that Zach parsed them out to put it all in the first half. We're a month away from football season. It's time we start talking about football. And as I pointed out to them... This is my missing Malaysia airliner. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about realignment because you all tune in to CN Fitz to listen to me talk about realignment. Is that going to be the the picture? Should be the graphic. Oh, you only do that for the overtime. No, don't you? Yeah, I only yeah. do that for the fun one, uh, which I should put up this week. CN Fitz. CN Fitz. Cable news fits. That doesn't really work. CNF. We are sponsored by Fragile Cell Liquor. <laughs> There's a dramatic pause. Are you sure about that one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Final answer? Final answer. Fridge Wholesale Liquor at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. Make sure you stop into the fridge whenever you come to MHK, which should be in about five weeks. Or is there going to be a fan appreciation day? I think there is. Have we got a schedule yet? I think they said so. I don't know. Whenever you come to Manhattan, get get to the fridge. Just even if you don't need alcohol, just stop in. Just stop in. It's like a an amusement park for adults. Do they have Bushlight Apple there? I'm sure they do. Even though that sounds disgusting, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Bush Light Apple. So it's like Bush Light with apple flavoring. It tastes like apple juice. Yes, sounds pretty good to me. Uh, yeah, it better than a Bloody you. Mary. It would, yeah, Bloody Mary's made with Jaeger. Ugh. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Make sure you stop in when you come to Aggieville, when you come to Manhattan, and support those local businesses. Great people at both Tanners and High Low. Been longtime friends with both owners. That's it for the setup. I, I'm not very talkative right now. I got to find my mojo, guys. I don't know. Last week was a uh, a lot. It was a lot. It was emotional. It was hectic, chaotic, emotional again. It was just weird. 
And and probably by the end of this podcast, Gills is going to tell me he's leaving for the SEC. Mm, that'll hurt. Mm. That'll hurt. Let's get going with your questions from Wabash Station. I have no idea who's reading here. It's Cole. It is. Midnight. Right Midnight Carmody. Crown. Who signed a new lease today to live with Ryan Gilbert. They're going to come on to this podcast all next year squabbling like <laughs> like roommates tend to do. Here we go. I can't believe you give your grant of rights up for another year. <laughs> <laughs> First question comes from Get Out More Cat. Mike Gundy talked about staying together long enough to get the exit money from Oklahoma and Texas. How hard will it be for schools to line up their next move given the language in Bowlesby's letter to ESPN? Is everyone looking but us? Well, no, I think he stopped it. I mean, he made it clear, quit messing with us and we're not, don't, it's not the appropriate time. Uh, what is really going to stop it is the fact that they are going to enforce the buyout. I, I don't get, I've said this over and over, I don't get how OU and Texas media and fans and maybe even the schools think they're just going to walk away when you clearly signed onto the conference and the bylaws aren't complicated. I mean, I'm I'm a trained monkey when it comes to contracts. Zach's our contract reader around here, and I understood what it is. It's pretty clear. It's a pretty short contract. You owe $75 million, basically, for a two years' notice. Basically, it works out to two years' total, and I'm sure to go to pre-pandemic totals. $75 million. Basically, 37.5 a piece per year, and you owe it for two years. Plus damages, which is a little more vague. Mm -hmm. um, and what I like about that is it, it gives the Big 12 some leverage to say, just pay the 75 and we won't go to court for damages. Just just give us the money. We won't go to court. And honestly, I don't know how those schools are going to pay. I had Zach, you got $75 million just sitting around? I don't. But, I mean, I could see Texas doing it because I know that Texas talked about rolling their – or I've seen reporters talk about rolling the, the owed money from ESPN on the Longhorn Network to where they just turn that into the SEC Network, and they take their owed money and kind of roll that into part of the deal. So I could see Texas, especially with their donor base, you know, if we want to talk about money for, you know, just play money, I feel like some Texas donor would be like, yeah, here's some money. Are but, we looking at – this is what I think. There's a thread on Wabash Station about – about the Longhorn Network. I think we're looking at what is the SEC channel being the SEC East channel and the mm -hmm. Longhorn Network becoming the SEC West channel. Oh, I mean, you got I 16 mean, schools. That's a lot. That's a pretty big load for one for one station to try to carry games and particularly but also if other you look sports. if I don't I don't think the SEC wants to get into the the Pac-12 network kind of deal where they they have the Pac-12 network and then you have all these separate networks that are like paired with another school. There's just not enough content that low to make a a good network, you know, for 24 hours of content a day, well, you know. This is a question for you guys and cuz I don't know the answer, but do the do they have to leave together? I mean, you said Texas might have enough money if they I, have a donor base. Like, can they leave and then OU has to stay in until 2025? I, I mean, can that happen? I think that's a good question. I don't think the SEC would be happy with that. I don't that think the SEC. I think the SEC would be fine. I think the SEC, I don't think it'd be. I think, they'd take whatever. At the end of the day, I think the SEC will front them the money against future earnings to get them in as soon as possible. Man, it's a whole I, different I, league of I don't know of money. 
I know it's a different league, but then what are you going to do? You you get your advance to get out of the league, but you still got to you're not making that money. Right. You know, that's basically yes, you know, that's that's get, making a trade with cash. I just I don't think that the SEC would do that to you know, if you look at the value of the contract, it's still a lot of money that would be coming out of the chunks of, of, of the SEC. Back to the genesis of this question, I appreciate what Gundy said. And, and I think people are reading too much into this that he's saying everyone's going to leave after four years. It's, I, I don't interpret it that way. I, I interpret it saying this is our short-term most viable pathway. Stay intact. Get the money. Duh. Why would you walk away from that money? The only reason why you would try to walk away from that money is if you've got a, a bid to the Big Ten. That's the only conference. The SEC's done. They're, they're done with the Big 12. They're not going to invite anyone else. Even if they're going to try to do the super conference thing, they're not, they're not coming back to this table. So if anyone moves to the Big Ten, that's the only equitable money transition here. Right? Because the Pac-12 is way behind everyone. ACC technically earns more money, but they feed more mouths, and it comes out to about the same or less. And their contract is through like 2036. They are they're <laughs> tough. So, ACC's tough. Um, and, and even if like Kansas got a bid to the Big Ten, they can't pay that buyout. So I think what he's saying here is for the next four years, we're going to be together for sure. Because we're getting paid to stay together. And after that, he's not saying we're all gone. He's basically saying everything's on the table at that point. Now, my question becomes this. And, Zach, you're more familiar with this than than most people. The grant of rights for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are up in 24? I think 23 or 24. Yeah, They're they, soon. They, they, they come are up soon. before the Big yes. 12. I think by a full year. So, will they be the next ones to get raided? Is the SEC waiting for those grant of rights to run out, knowing that Oklahoma and Texas were going to be on the back end of that because the Big 12 is in 25? Are they waiting to see now, oh, we're coming up closer on the Pac-12. Hey, USC and UCLA, you want to come in? Hey, Ohio State and Michigan, as they come around. I think the SEC, if they're going to keep going, is eyeing those properties. So what he's saying is we don't know what the landscape will be in three years, let alone four years when everything's done. The Pac-12 may not be viable in four years. It might have gotten raided. Same with the Big Ten. So everything might be different. And the context through which we view all of these schools in the Big 12 may have totally flipped. They will have TV ratings without Texas and Oklahoma. Maybe they'll look good at that point. And you saying that brings up another question. Is it in K-State and really the rest of the Big 12's best interest for the SEC to keep expanding? You could make an argument, yes. Because if they're going to, you know, if they go after USC and UCLA, if they go after Michigan and Michigan State, and there's certainly plenty of other schools that would fit in well in the SEC if they're going to try getting to 20 or 24, you know, whatever the number is, and create two 12 team divisions or, you know, two separate conferences, whatever it is, you know, I think that that would be best for K-State is, you know, if there's not going to be a seat at the Big Ten or the ACC or the Pac-12 right now, you know, why not wait four years, three years, you know, and see what other schools remain and you kind of group yourselves together that way. The other side of that is 
if if you want to believe the theory that maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe everything has changed by then, do you expand now? Or just hold on with the eight, milk your money, or do you expand at all? Because maybe in four years, your expansion candidates change from Cincinnati, Central Florida, Memphis to Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, you know, and maybe Something, everything changes. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, it sounds like K State. People, this is this is the whole thing, right? It's like take a step back, really look at what is going on. Because right now, I feel like fans, I feel like the Big Twelve in general is trying to drive down the street and look what's two miles ahead instead of looking what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it'd be in the best interest of everybody just to kind of relax, take a step back, and examine the outlook of you know once you actually get there. So that's my take on it anyway. Um, next question comes from El Camino Cat. Would you be willing to let Oklahoma and Texas out of their grant of rights in 2022 if ESPN agreed to continue paying out the full remaining media deal with two replacement schools? No. Nope. Absolutely no, not. I mean, all, all that's in contract. <clears throat> I mean, you're, you're not gaining anything there. Uh, you're not getting anything out of that deal. You get the money out of Texas, Oklahoma. You continue the contract that is still in force. Having those schools leave doesn't void the contract. That's why they were trying to plot with the American to destroy the conference so they get out of the contract. And according to the contract at last reading, last time around, and I I didn't find that in the bylaws. I didn't look for it. They owe an additional, what was it, $25 million per school per year? So yeah, you do that. And if you're if your typical share is thirty seven point five million, which is what we're working with, that's how we get to the seventy-five, and you offer Cincinnati and Central Florida a half share, they go from making like seven million a year to making eighteen, nineteen million a year. Yeah, they take that. <laughs> yeah. And then when the other schools are gone, basically you give them a half share through the end of Granite Rights, and then you see where everyone's at. So that the rest of the money, even though that watered down, it breaks down to far less money, gets shared into the into the accounts of the eight other schools to build a little battle fund for the future when they might see that money run out. Because we don't know what's going to happen. If ESPN's creating a super conference, those schools will, in the short term, sign a very wealthy contract. And if I'm confident in one thing, ESPN will sign a bad contract. They're willing to overpay for the rights to things. That's what got them into this mess, and I don't think they're going to get out of this mess um, because they're going to continue to do that. But that doesn't mean the rest of college football is just going to sit in the corner and cry, that CBS and and Fox and any other entity is just going to say, well, we don't have the super conference, so we're not going to have anything. No, that's not how it's going to work. They're going to still do something. They're going to push back on this. I kind of wish the NCAA would announce they're taking control of the championship. Well, they're meeting today, right? I they mean, should They should say, you know what? We're taking control of the football championships for the first time. And we will go to a playoff, but we are going to control it just like we do the FCS. And ESPN and the SEC will be in a problem. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to break away from the NCAA. And the NCAA will probably have to state, if you're sponsoring uh, a sport, it has to be in the NCAA or none of your sports are in the NCAA. 
make them decide. Do you really want to do this? Leave everyone behind in the most profitable, but then still come to the table for the basketball tournament? No. Uh Uh-uh. That's off the table for you. You don't get to be part of that party. If you're going to be an exclusive club that decides who's in, we get to be an exclusive club that decides who's in and do the same thing to them. Send them packing. Saying, okay, you guys have fun in whatever entity you're creating, but it's not going to be the NCAA, and you will have to compete in all sports amongst yourselves. It's going to be like California JUCOs. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be like uh, Sunrise Christian Academy for high school basketball. And, and at the end IMG. of the day, yeah. um, you know, California JUCOs are a perfect example in the fact that at the end of the day, we don't know if California JUCOs are really better than Kansas and Iowa and Mississippi and Texas JUCOs. We have no idea because they never cross-pollinate. They never play each other. So at some point, these entities will just go all in their separate ways and maybe we can look at it and say, hey, the SEC has the better players because they're paying them. But the competition will be against like opponents. And so we'll just continue to enjoy college football as we know it, even though you're playing semi-pro football in a non-NCAA league out there in the southeastern United States. I don't think they want that. I don't think they want to disrupt everything. They want to have football separate. And then, oh, yeah, we're going to play basketball, volleyball, baseball. Baseball's going to sting. Mm-hmm. You you threaten to take away baseball and the College World Series from them, mm-hmm. they might perk up real quick. All the all, literally, if you look at historically, SEC schools are the dominant teams in in baseball. You're right. I that's a great point. I, I do think you know as far as the question goes, really, what he's asking is, would you be able to sublease? The spots in the Big Twelve for other teams. Why would you? There's no reason. They're exactly. Why There's would no you? point. Yeah. No. No. They they still have to pay their lease, and and then you can get a full another lease sold, and not share all the money with the new partners. It's, it's beautiful for the. This really works well for the other eight schools in the short term. It it's best if these schools leave. It really is. Now they might try to hold them through twenty two. Because it's a two-year buyout, what's in the bylaws. So they'd be getting a third year free if they left after this season. I don't know. I, I'm I'm still with the theory that you invite in new members and make them play them. And you go to the American conference and say, hey, I know you've got that 27-month pre-notice. I think you're going to waive that or you're going to end up in court for tampering with our conference. Mm-hmm. And I think the AAC will come around to that. They don't want to be in a legal battle with a Power Five conference because, again, their budget is a fraction of the other budgets. From Wildcat Pilot 88, in a conference without Texas and Oklahoma, will K-State and KU still get picked ninth and 10th out of eight teams in the preseason bowl? (laughs) It will be interesting. So much of the context will change. And here's what's going to change. You're taking out a lot of voters from the preseason poll that cover Texas and Oklahoma. Why are the Texas schools? Why is TCU always viewed as uh, the small school that can? That boy, look at all they're gaining. They're gonna they're gonna compete this year, and they never do. As of late, they haven't been. It's because they're in Texas. So all of these, there's four members in Texas, but there's huge media markets. So they're. I bet you more than half of the votes in a preseason poll are from Texas, more than half. And throw in Oklahoma, and you're well yeah. over 
two thirds probably. Yeah, two thirds for something. And that's why the poll's so skewed. Typically, you have to be obviously good. Bill Snyder had that respect a few years. Matt Campbell got it this year. You got to be obviously good. Because if you're on the fence and got some questions, your negatives will get voted on, while the South teams, their positives will get voted on. That's how it works. You're more familiar with them. So who has the highest? Who would have the highest media or media members? Then, if you were to look at market size, would it be Kansas City between? No, you got Oklahoma. Oklahoma State would be would would. be the one because you have Tulsa, Tulsa. Oklahoma City, and really from a fan base and kind of cultural standpoint. I know OU's the number one team in Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State, there's still plenty but you don't of think, Oklahoma State You don't think K-State and, and KU people would be – there'd think, be more than there would be no. Oklahoma State people? No. Not, I think not it's, voting on the media, but yeah, probably not. And no. I think culturally, I mean, it's just, just different. Kansas State Star. Mm-hmm. That's just one vote. Hmm. Kellis covers for both. Eagle and yeah. Star. So, no, I think you're right. I think it probably would be Oklahoma State. And deservedly so. They're – yeah. It's going to be one of the power teams in the conference. From Woody Shade Dog, who is new to the website, first time question asking her. What did you say? Woody Shade Dog. Oh, it sounded like you said Hootie. Hootie Shade Hootie. Dog would be kind of badass, Maybe. too. Okay. Well, Welcome. It's Woody. Um, if things get legally contentious, do you think it would be impossible for the Big 12 to negotiate with ESPN once leagues have stabilized? Yeah. I think it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Unless there's an upheaval at ESPN and people get fired and it's a whole new staff and they're like, yeah, they were idiots. Um, But again, like Gundy said, let's get down the road. Maybe everything changes by then. Yeah. Maybe the whole leadership's changed. The Big 12 has a new commissioner. The um, What's his name? Gunner Magnus. No, that's not right. Burke. Burke Magnus is now – Head of programming for the Marvel subdivision at Disney uh, for underwear. You know, maybe he's just gone. You know, the corporation's feelings don't last if the individuals are gone. It's business. But as we sit here today, they're not going to have ESPN in the next contract. No doubt about it. They will be a Fox, CBS, maybe NBC, anyone they can get to come to the table. They, They will belong to them. And as I've said over and over, folks, the money will be less. It just will. So is Bali Sports through Fox? Bally? Bally Sports? It's Sinclair. No, it's not. It Bally Sports bought the Fox Sports Networks, the, re, the RSNs, the regional sports networks. They bought them from, and it's Sinclair. And then Sinclair Broadcasting um, sold the naming rights yeah. to Bally. So if, we, if, if the Big 12 wanted to do a deal with Fox— Nope. There's no streaming service for for Fox. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. There, there isn't. Not anymore. So would Bally Sports be the quote unquote streaming service for? I mean, that's the not really streaming. That's so that it, it's yeah, over the air. Need, but there yeah, is an app. Well, yeah. it's yeah, it's not streaming because you need a cable provider. It's kind of like ESPN three. They're going to that. That's yeah. their plan. Is the next season have. Streaming platform only available so you don't have to have cable, which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility. I think the next the next contract will involve uh, an over-the-air partner, CBS or Fox, and a streaming partner. What the they need to be. do is find their streaming partner but also make it content-related too. Like do something like Last Chance You or 
F1 drive to survive, go find Netflix, say, Hey, all eight schools or, you know, whoever's here, you can film whatever you want. You know, it's not like hard knocks where you have a certain, you know, number of teams that are eligible to be, you know, featured for hard knocks, have everybody is available. Everybody can have a camera, whatever, and create content from it and create money from that. I think that's probably the next thing. But if you're Netflix, why not go after the SEC and not the Big 12? Well, here, here's my I proposal. think that there's more. You, it's it need at some point it needs to be more about content than it is about game broadcasting, right? right. And finding value. TCU, TCU had a kind of a behind the scenes all look well, access at their baseball program uh, this spring. Okay, and was I that know, on ESPN Plus? Yes. Okay, so like Oklahoma State did and KU did stuff right. like that, but on a grander scale yeah. is what, well, and don't what needs let, to be done. Don't let the school tightly edit everything. Sure. So it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. KU was just comical. I, I'm i going to propose this, that we get a giant, not a giant, because someone has to drive it, a very nice van slash small bus. And every week on the Big 12 Network, we have Big 12 Road Trip involving the four of us going to a college town and uh, for the entire weekend of a game and get drunk. That'll be the whole show. Is us <laughs> just drinking and doing weird shit. I think Gills and Cole would probably get stopped by the bouncer in Lubbock for not having a turtle on the back of their ID and oh, thinking yeah. it's not real. That was Riley, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Then he was, what, 24, mm-hmm. 23? <laughs> he was 23. Um <laughs> And I'll probably wet my pants. So it'll be a very strange show. Or it could just be content for GoPowerCat.com. That would be interesting. (laughs) I think we need a broader audience than that. Hey, Shane Howard, I'm bringing you back. And you're (laughs) going to be executive producer of the Big 12 Road Shit Show. As I just cursed on this podcast, which I don't normally curse, but I'm leaving it in. Because that's what it needs to be called. Yeah, I think you're right, Zach. They need to do more than just games. They really do. They need to do features and interview shows and kind of independent. Because let's be honest, when you're doing like a coach's show, so coach, how about that weather for the game? You know, I mean, nobody. And then eventually you get to, hey, coach, we've got a great engineering school at Kansas State. Let's talk to the dean. You know, that kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Actually have an interview show where you you get people on and you actually – Interview them. Ask tough questions. Ask good questions. Ask probing questions. Insightful. So, I think there's a lot of space out there to do something cool. It's just we've got. I'm going to say it as a 57 year old man. We got a bunch of old guys who don't understand this, and probably are still uh, getting their news from ABC, NBC, Nightly News because that's what they did their whole lives. I miss Walter Cronkite. He was so good. And the rest of us are off <laughs> cable and streaming. Uh, from Exhausted Nihilist, the last question of the first half. God, when do you get, like, too exhausted to exist? You've been exhausted for years. I'm just worried about you. If we join the Pac-12, will we all, all start lusting over in and out the way we used to lust for Whataburger? But isn't Whataburger expanding that way? We're going to have Whataburger in Kansas City, so we yeah. will because now in and out will be uh, – it's the cool thing. It's, to, the, it's it's the cool thing to go on. You don't have it at home, so you go eat there right. on vacation. I right. still have never been there. I didn't. We didn't go there in Dallas. I was a little disappointed. Wait, uh, we didn't. Nope. 
Why didn't you say that? We, I, we could have eaten there. I totally forgot. <laughs> Too busy talking about Bucky's. I, yeah. Did you stop at a Bucky's? We did. Oh, that's nice. I've never been to a Bucky's. Really? I've never been to a Bucky's. Well, we're going in a month. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll lust after what we do not have because we're about to get it in Kansas City. I just heard they're, they're putting in a Whataburger by the Speedway. That's so excellent. someday after the podcast, if we've got nothing going on and we have an hour and a half or three <laughs> hours to kill, we got an hour and a half drive. We go to Whataburger and turn around and come back. Although we might have to stop at the casino. Yeah. Don't worry, Zach. I'll pay for the toll. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Very nice. And just as a reminder, we're planning to have some form of an informal get together in Arlington on Friday night. I'm working with my buddy, Darren Brown, who has uh, K-Staters in Texas Facebook group that might meet, might not. So it might be co with them. We'll figure it out. He's working on sports bars. Um, we'll figure it out, and we'll let you all know in plenty of time. That's it for the first half of the PowerCat podcast. We'll be back on the other side to talk about things not realignment related. It's weird. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the Hilo. Make sure you support all three of those businesses whenever you come to Manhattan. Now we continue with your questions from Wabash Station. Take it away, Cole. First question of the second half comes from Go Uper Cat. To follow up on Fitz's daily delivery on fan inclusion, what are some ideas the GPC staff has that ADGT could implement immediately, either for game day or otherwise? Close the gates, sell beer. No reentry. Yeah, I I think we're all in agreement on that. There's not enough time at halftime to valuably valuably. That's good. We made up a word. Made up a word. Uh, go to the parking lot, enjoy whatever you want to do out there, and return by the start of kickoff. There's not enough time. 
I what? don't know this for a fact, but I just feel like there's some big donors out there like, oh, no, we can't let the people drink. You know, I, I just, what is the holdup? You did it last year with a limited crowd. Were there all kinds of problems? I don't think so. Uh, I don't I just think it goes attack. It attacks the the casual fan more who doesn't really care about the game and they just want to drink. If they're not going to be allowed back in, why even go in in the first place? Because you can buy it there. You're leaving because you can't drink. I want to spend eight bucks for a beer. Then inside, what I, K State agree with you guys? I'm just saying. What K State needs to do is look at what they charge for concessions, what they charge for merchandise, whatever, what they charge for tickets. Figure out a way to make more money per seat. I don't know what the revenue is, but if adding beer and doing more volume and concessions for a little bit cheaper prices increases the money you make per seat, you have to do it. And there's not enough people that complain about, oh, if we sh- we we like going to tailgate at halftime. You know, those people aren't spending any money. Make them stay in the stands to spend money. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give up their tickets because they can't go to the parking lot at halftime. And I, if they are, 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 and are there really big donors that are so upset about this that let's say some donor donates a million dollars and their only thing is for a parking spot that they get to go spend 15 minutes at at halftime. If I was Gene Taylor, I'd tell them that they're an idiot for spending a million dollars on a parking spot. It's time. I think he's going to do that. It is time (laughs) to close the gates. Once you're in, you're in. You get to drink all the beer you want until the start of the fourth quarter. Okay, here's an idea for basketball season. The Shamrock Zone, the bar area, becomes a public area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's closed during the game. No service during the game, may we say. But if the donors want an exclusive area... They can go up one level. They've got a front desk there that is going to be set up for bar service on football game days because that will be the tailgate terrace or the touchdown terrace. Excuse me, the touchdown terrace that you can rent out for 50 of your friends and walk through the conference room and be out on the balcony that overlooks the stadium. But that on the inside, there's a complete walkway around the lower level of the Shamrock Zone where you can watch all the TVs. If the donors want their own area where they don't have to touch the little people, give them that and open up that bar to everyone, to everyone. I, I'm with you, but I'm I'm going to hold off on the Shamrock Zone just for the fact that you know, we really we have an idea of what it's going to be like. But because of there hasn't been a game, there's been no game days yet in the Shamrock Zone. Again, I, I, I'm a little – I'm with you. Like it should be for everybody. But let's kind of – I, I want to see the reaction to the people that are there in the first place because there could be a very – there very well could be a chance where they say, oh, well, this is such a cool place. We need to get more people. Now, generally that has not been the attitude with the donors and the people that wanted it built. But, I mean, we haven't exactly seen the reaction to a game day with right. it being there. So that's where I'm going to hold off. But as far as the student standpoint – I think there's many things that they can do, and I think moving the band back in the student section is the best thing that they decided to do this past off season because it's going to increase the energy in the student section by so much, and you're right. It's going to make the student section look more full. And another thing I don't think people are really thinking about is um, there was a huge deal 
with the FKU chants, right, going on with the Wabash Cannibal. Well, you're not going to hear that at all now because the band is going to be right there involved in the student section. So that, in turn, is going to make the university look, quote-unquote, better. Right. So I Why think you're not going to hear it? There is a lot of people out there that are not going to stop. Hear it. We won't hear it from that. our side. I don't think we because will either. Because the noise, the noise all oh, coming from okay. one side. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I get what he's gotcha. saying. Yeah. Yeah. With the band being in the corner and the noise, it, it all involves yep. wavelengths in science, Grango, but you wouldn't understand. It's very complex. Also, seatbacks. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. They need to. I don't care if it reduces capacity by 5,000 chairs. Get rid of the bleachers, man. It's embarrassing. And I was talking to Wally about this at at the camp on Friday. It is absolutely embarrassing that K-State doesn't even have three full sections of seats. Mm -hmm. It's like two and a half, maybe, max. There's bleacher seats on every – in sections four, five, and six at the very bottom, there's still bleachers down there. You don't even go to the full section, Mm -hmm. purple chairbacks. It's embarrassing to have a stadium that looks like that. And from a from a sitting standpoint too, it's not comfortable. Why does everything have to have a, a stupid cushion that you got to buy extra? Just put seats in. Who cares about capacity? We know it's going down anyway. Figure out a better way to make people want to stay in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think being allergic to money is not good for the fan experience. Give people beer, sell better merchandise, create you know, jerseys and looks that you can create other merchandise for to monetize, make people spend money at your stadium. Quit getting scared of people not buying a ticket because they can't go to the parking lot for 15 minutes between the first and the second half. It is absolutely insane. Act like you're a business, make money, give people stuff they want to buy and they'll buy it and you'll make more money. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And communicate better. I mean, if you're really having phone conferences with big donors, and maybe it's an advisory council or something, but if it's just generic big donors, you know, 10,000 above donors, whatever the level is, why are they worthy of knowing stuff the average fan isn't? I mean, I know you, I understand you want to create a feeling of insider with them. You want, because they donate, and you want, I get the challenge is here, but you need to maintain a level of that same feeling with Joe Schmo, who only can buy a ticket and maybe can only take his family to a couple games a year or a game a year because ticket prices have gotten so high. Just be creative. Just always keep in mind that the average fan doesn't want to feel excluded. And that includes going four days before you release anything about expansion. That release could have been sent out. One day, I don't. I just don't understand what was going on here. We're working on it. Be patient. We're going to do whatever's in the best interest for Kansas State. We're on this. We got it. Boom. That's all you needed to do on day one. Jeez. That was a good question from Go Upercat. Um, the next question comes from Wildcat Pilot eighty eight. What qualifications does it require to have a quote unquote national brand? Was K State ever close to establishing a national brand in the Snyder one point years? What does K State have to do to expand their brand? National brand. I said this earlier, but KU basketball is a national brand because they've sustained it. If you really look at the window of how dominant K State football was, it was like seven years. Yeah. 
I mean, Max. Even if you want to go back to 93, let's just say you go back to the bowl years. It, it ended with the 2003 debacle at the end of the season. It just stopped. 2004? 2003 was the championship. Right. Well, L. Roberson's. Oh, that's, so, okay. that's what you meant. <clears throat> Before you go any further, I want to ask you a question then. How long has Clemson been a quote-unquote national brand? Well, there, because was in graf- there was a graphic in that, in, in the podcast questions thread. I don't know if you saw it, but Clemson was on the bottom, and they used the eight weeks in the AP poll, and Clemson is on it at over 400 weeks. Granted, a lot of those have been recent. But they have some history. They do. It's it's not like when you think about K State and what they did in the '90s and early 2000s, and even a little bit, you know, in 2010 through 2012 or 2014, even, you know, there's K State still hasn't been good enough, you know, because they were so bad before Bill Snyder well, came. I think they weren't in the they weren't ever in the poll. So when you think about Clemson, you know, being kind of this newcomer, they've had way more history in the past and their current success kind of builds on that to add them to that at least that conversation and that criteria and the graphic that was there. And I get that, but I think when you're when your program is on the brink of destruction, when you're on the brink of being a division 2 university, for K-State to come in with Snyder and then be so dominant in such a really a short amount of time when you look at it, that almost holds more water to me than being no, a six-win it's, it's team. It's like a fad. You think? K-State K being successful under Snyder in the terms of being a national brand and what they did, it was kind of a flash in the pan when you consider the entire history yeah. of college football. I'll say this. If, if he was doing it right now in, in the context of social media and everything today – I think it would feel more substantial. Yeah. I think you're right. More fans would be plugged into it. This is why I like the 12-team playoff because, okay, oh, K-State got in there again. K-State's in there again. How would that change the perception of fans around the country if K-State had been in two of the last seven, eight? They would st- – they- oh, K-State. It's kind of like Washington. This, yeah, this entire realignment question would be different. Okay, stay there. They're a national team. They're 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 playing up there. So you just got to sustain it, and maybe that period changes with whatever's happening in that era. But they didn't sustain it long enough, or they weren't something incredibly sexy and cool like Miami, that became a national brand based on one moment in time when they were playing at elite levels with elite athletes. But man, they were also really cool. And people still remember the U. And because that they've got the brand, and that's true for Florida State, which is, you know, they weren't a great program before Bowden, and, and he built them into this. So it, the rules are, are somewhat different for K-State. Honestly, in football, because you're rural, you're not in a big city, you're not in a big market like Florida would be. But, yeah, they, they weren't there. But if they'd gone on for another four or five years – I think they would have been there. I think I think it's easier for K-State to be a national brand than it is Iowa State, even at the point in time right now. And I know that's not exactly the greatest you know, two schools to compare it to, but when you look around the conference, when you look at who K-State is you know, on the same level with, yes, Iowa State is going to be a top 10 team this year. Like They're going to be picked top 10 in the country. But if K-State has a good year this year and has a good year next year, people still remember – the Snyder years. People still remember the years where K-State was winning eight games, nine games. I mean, that's not a national brand, but because Iowa State 
in my lifetime anyway, has been awful. I think it will be easier for K-State to quote-unquote return to a national brand than it would be Iowa State. You just described why Clemson became a national brand. Yeah. Gills, you got anything? You want to tell me I'm pretty? Anything? Okay. I agree. Oh, thank you. So that kind of that, that does that does you're not pretty. That does that, well. What you just said about Clemson that does answer the, que- the the final question there. What does K State have or have to do, and what can they do to expand their brand? It's they've built kind of that Clemson foundation ish. Mm-hmm. If Chris Kleiman gets it rolling and he looks anything like he did at North Dakota State, K State becomes that Clemson. Yeah, that's it's a good point. I mean, whomever steps into the breach, Oklahoma, Texas gone. Most notably, Oklahoma. I mean, Texas hasn't been a competitor for championships in a while. Um, they they kind of flirted with it last year, but they they fired their coach because I don't know. It's just so weird. <laughs> Probably because of this, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, but if you get back and you you win that first championship with the schools gone, people take notice of that. Oh, okay. Who's? Because that's a question I've gotten around done media. Who's going to step into the breach? Who's going to take over this conference? Who's going to be the big boss? Every conference has one. I think it, as we sit here today, you can say Oklahoma State. I mean, they're having the most combined success, I think. But there's a real opportunity here for Kansas State. You just got to win. Mm-hmm. Win, baby. Just win, baby. Come on, man. Al Davis the crap out of this and go win a bunch of games. Speaking of Al Davis, K-Ned asks, is football football or is the NFL and college football two different television products? One transcends most groups and one is niche. Oh, completely. There, there's as much as I love cover, covering college sports, there's nothing in the college game that compares to Dallas Cowboy fans. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why 24-7 sports still maintains a 24-7 sports Cowboys page, even though they've turned over most of the NFL coverage to the CBS. CBS sports people. Same thing with the Packers, right? Yeah, because there's you've got entire cities united and regions united that cut across fan bases. Chiefs, we got Wildcats, Jayhawks, Tigers living together in harmony, even some Huskers, yeah. even some Cyclones. You can just go down the list. You've got all these fan bases united into one fan base. Pro sports is much bigger, much more significant than college sports. Now, you get down south, I mean, everyone kind of picks a school and associates with them, and that's they're all kind of packed together. It's very rabid. But there there really is no comparison. And it, also, it's it's why trying to make a Super League predominantly in the south will flop nationally. Because we will just all avoid it. If we're not in it, we're going to avoid it. College football is a lot like Major League Baseball as far as the niche goes. Because, yeah, I consider myself to be a huge Major League Baseball fan. Huge Major League Baseball fan. And I probably follow it nationally more than a lot of people I know. But, like, I couldn't tell you. I'd say 99.9% of America, you probably know more about baseball. And, and that's not saying that no. you know a lot about baseball. No. I'm just saying that's just what yeah. baseball is. Right. And I couldn't tell you who's on the Cubs right now. I mean, well, all those all, guys just all got gone. traded, right? I mean, no, I couldn't nobody, tell you. Nobody's on the Cubs. They've yeah. all been traded. Yeah. So I, they all left the den. Is it the Cub den? Right? Is that a good one? Um, the point is, I mean, if you don't, you follow your team in college football. You follow your, you follow your conference. I mean, I feel like most K-State fans might not know very many players 
on Iowa State, on Texas Tech, but they have a general idea of the, the, the talent level on the roster. I think it's like that with Major League Baseball. You have a general idea of the talent level of the teams in your division, but beyond that, you know, it's kind of hard, as opposed to the NFL. And, Ryan, you know this just as good as anybody. I mean, you follow all the teams in the NFL, and I do too, but you, you, you have to you – ha- in order – if you want to stay up to date on the league, the league makes it so accessible – to watch games now, to watch games in the NFL. I mean, you can watch five, six games a week in the NFL, and that's without, you know, those the special packages, which is just makes it even more profitable. And it's so much easier to keep up with, with it being one game a week rather than six or seven with baseball. Well, and, and, and when you look at the NFL, you know when the games are going to be, right? I mean, there's no games past 7.30, right? As opposed to college football. You could be watching USC, who could be really good, but you still would have no idea because they play at 9 o'clock at night. So, yeah, I think the answer to this question is one is very transcendent and the other is very uh, niche. Um, from Go Cat once again, it has been reported Quinn Ewers? Quinn Ewers? Ewers. Ewers. Uh, yeah, Ewers. Ewers. Who is the high school quarterback, if I remember. Yeah, like the number two right? overall prospect in 2022. He just announced today that he's going to – Skip his senior year of high school and enroll at Oklahoma. Or, uh, excuse me, at Ohio State, it other has, OSU. It is he committed from Texas, right? I'm not certain, but he's enrolling at Oklahoma. Jeez, uh, Ohio State, the other the, OSU, the, o- the the red Ohio State OSU. Well, it's been reported that he is going to make one million plus per year from NIL deals. Should there be an NIL earnings threshold at which an athlete forfeits their scholarship? I think that gets legally yeah, I don't think legally sticky. You do that. You hey, you make too much money. You have to pay your way to school now. I don't. I mean, that's just how taxes work. You make a lot of money. You pay more taxes. Why not just get your scholarship taken away? I don't think you can do that. I don't either. I, I don't think you can put a salary it's, cap it's, on something that is none of your business, which is what right. the mm-hmm. courts have ruled. Mm-hmm. So, no, but it's crazy. It, smart move, particularly particularly if we're heading towards another possibly you know amended season yeah and you know high school players going to be up in the air again yeah go go where you're going to get to do your thing and gray shirt and be ready what what college or what 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 business is paying a freshman quarterback of 1 million dollars though i mean I, I i think i don't think he has any sort of deals since he's from Texas and he's not allowed to do anything. That's why he's going. Cause you know, their law forbids yeah, uh, high school. NIL in high school. You right. can't do it. So he's like, all right, I'll go make money. But, but what, I don't know. I don't know what value he brings, you know, with social media following or whatever else, you know, he's completely unproven. I mean, it gets into, it gets into what, what should, what is the value of a, college athlete from a marketing standpoint and some of it is easily provable through social media following other is not when you have you know million when you see these million dollar things uh yeah it's going to be sticky but i think it's just the the newness is is just everything's so new that it needs time to sort itself out for everything to figure it out here's my prediction in the short term, the NIL is going to mean a lot of money for certain athletes at more prominent schools. As boosters, 
realize I can blatantly pay this guy to endorse my car lot or my restaurant or my website or whatever it is. And eventually business will enter into the equation. And unless you're a stinking wealthy person that can just throw money around, you're going to say, well, it really didn't do much for me to pay the quarterback $100,000 to do commercials for me. Well, maybe you're such a big fan, you're willing to just pay out of your pocket, you know, to be in close to the players. But in reality, I think most businessmen eventually will come back yeah. and say, this is bad business. This is not good for the bottom line. Because rarely does someone just own their business. There's usually investors sure. or other people back there that are saying, uh, you're throwing our money around too. Rich people didn't get rich being stupid. It gets to the old, the old idea that uh, the worst tippers are the wealthiest people. Because they value every dollar. And I think we'll get to that with the NIL and people say, "Eh, that's stupid. I don't know why I paid a quarterback $10,000 for an exclusive interview. Now, in the short term, if you're the website that did that, um, which a a website in the SEC paid two players $10,000 a piece for exclusive interviews. Now, that's big time advertising in their market. Because it's a competitive media market. It's a big media market. It's Texags. It's an independent site that now has their own basically small network. It's not even a complete network. And they've got a rival site. They've got a 24-7 site. They've got the Houston media. They've got everything else. That probably they view it as advertising. But I don't think they'll do it again. It's, it's bad for the Well, they had, a spo- they had a sponsor. Yeah, but I don't the think the was... sponsor will be going, oh, right. great money I spent. Yeah. I gotta shake their hand. Yeah, you know, eventually this will calm down. Yeah, it but really these will. these million at the end, the people that are making a million dollars, they're not people making a million dollars from direct donors. They're doing it on their own, right. earned it legitimately, and they're earning it now because they weren't allowed to do it before. Right. You know whether it's you know streaming video games. You know, social media, whatever, creating a following that's irrelevant to them being an athlete at X university or institution. You know, I think the people that are making this big money, it's not going to be coming from, you know, idiot donors paying $100,000 to a quarterback. I'll say this. I don't understand social media influencers and how they're paid so much and how they can be worth that much. But I think on the business side, the math works out because people keep going back to that well. Hey, will you talk about my makeup in your next video, Kim? <laughs> here's $250,000, which I here's what her going rate has been. You're talking about Kim Kardashian? Yeah, I mean, you could get into the seven figures yeah. with her. I mean, it's I mean, it's worth it right. with the audience. There you go. It's worth it. It moves the needle. It leads to sales. And at the end, it'll just all wash out. And is this good for my business? And that's what we're going to do. So... I don't, I don't know where this kid thinks he's going to make a million dollars as a seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-old guy in an area in which he's never lived. And as far as I know, I don't know anything about social media. But if you got a million followers on something, you've got some leverage. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you better start building. And and you're not going to build just off your name or anything. You're going to have to build off of content. The good thing about NIL is it's going to allow for more creativity for these athletes to make money. And they're going to earn it. Like I've always said, they're going to earn it themselves for the most part. We might see some silly deals like like this, paying $100,000 to a quarterback early on because it's legal now. But like you've said, Fitz, you know, at some point the bottom line is going to factor in and is $100,000 – 
for is it going to result in a return of more than a hundred thousand dollars? And the answer is going to be mostly no. Yep. Or no. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Here we go. Next question comes from Rasslin, nineteen eighty-two. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Rasslin. He asked about basketball. So what's that? Uh, this is this is where it gets interesting. We haven't talked about that in uh, ever. Uh, there is n- there is now no player from the twenty nineteen class on the roster. Is this being glossed over, or are people just exhausted slash apathetic to care with regards to basketball? Okay, Mike McGirl's still on the team. There's no recruits left from the right. last two years. Right. It's it's absurd. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I went on the rant like two weeks ago. I've been saying this for years. You you can't have this kind of overturn in your your team. And now we're looking at it like, well, there's a transfer portal. Well, this predates the transfer yeah. portal. And it seems to me the transfer portal hasn't made it even out. It's made it worse for Kansas State. <laughs> this is insanity. You can't run any business or organization with that kind of turnover. You can't. You just, it's its unfathomable to me that this is going on. You know what's crazy, Fitz, is that junior college programs have more retention than <laughs> K-State basketball programs over the last few years. That's crazy. You're I mean, it's true. It's, 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 it's sad. I just think people, I think people have come to take it. And say, well, we're going to expect this to happen. Oh, he left. Okay. Oh, he left. Yeah. Well, let me figure it's that out. It's become so normalized with Weber. Right. It's just expected now, you know? And I think the, the realignment stuff kind of took this under the radar, but it's normalized now. Well, if at the end of the next basketball season we see a group of the freshmen, now sophomores who were supposed to be the the addition to the foundation of the class that completely left, <laughs> if they start bailing, come on, man. But again, I think. That's all not going to matter. Either they're going to be good this season and retain players, or they're going to be in the bottom portion of this conference. And as much as they want to tune out the common fan, the common fan will make it very clear, my butt ain't in Bramlage Coliseum anymore. You chose this product, and if they tank next year, there will be nobody there. Big donors ain't showing up. That's they're not going to do that. They'll pay the big money to keep their seats and not go to the games. But the common fan and the students won't show up either, and it'll be pretty clear. Well, I think they got lucky this year with the reduced capacity. They, I mean, as 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 much as that hurts me to say, they, were, they got lucky because people were not going to go to the games. Well, we're not talking about the recruits leaving. We're not talking about the fact that they reduced capacity and still didn't sell it out. Right. Mm-hmm. They allowed, what, 2,500 fans? thought they had like a third. Was it like 4,000? I don't know. I didn't go to a single game. I, I think they had a 2,500. I don't know if they broke 1,000. I don't than think they ever came close to that. Except for one game, maybe the K game. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> what, what more message do you need? That people aren't happy out here. But I guess the only way the common fan has to communicate that is stop going and stop buying tickets, which is not in the good interest, the best interest of Kansas State. Well, the KU game from before the pandemic – wasn't sold out. The two uh, sections behind the basket were just empty. That was like a foreign concept to me growing up watching that rivalry. I've never seen Bramwich have any empty seats for that showdown, nope. ever. It's a mess. Well, the last question of the podcast comes once again from Rasslin1982. Some people have said that if he doesn't make the tournament, Weber is done. But do you think that is Gene Taylor's stance? No. Nope. No. 
I think there's a vague moving curve here that we don't understand or get to see or get to understand. And then maybe if, you know, Bradford stubs a toe and misses a game, well, that's why they went on the skid. <laughs> or, or you know, they have that long road trip for that tournament to Kansas City and maybe jet lag will get them. I will compliment Bruce, and I know a lot of people heard him talking about COVID as an excuse, but it really was an excuse. What bothers me with Bruce is when he comes up with stupid excuses. He well, literally went to a press out. conference a few years ago and said, uh, I think we're still hungover from our, our flights from Hawaii, and it was two weeks before. He- Hilo Blues. And they weren't even on Hilo. They're in Maui. Or when the bus broke down in Waco? Yeah. He had to like walk to the game or take it up. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. yeah, the staff walked to the game. The players got to ride. <laughs> took public. They took a public a public bus, right? <laughs> took a city bus, I think. <laughs> that is funny. It's like taking the subway in New York City. So maybe if they would have took their charter bus, they would only lost by twenty five instead of fifty. No, it would have been forty seven instead of fifty. I don't know. I part of me hopes that. Like I said two weeks ago or whenever it was, that this is the last dance for Bruce Weber. It doesn't matter. Surely he feels that it he shouldn't matter what he does this year. He is on his last year. That Got what you to want or think. That's what I want, but I also think that he can't just make the tournament and be safe, in my opinion. They've had so I mean, if he was gonna get fired, it would have happened already. I disagree with the pandemic. He's he's had Two incredible coincidences happened. He was going to get fired and his AD left, and it didn't happen, and they decided to hold on to him, and it shouldn't, it, they should have still made a transition. And then last year should have been the year, but COVID hit, and it was a worst-case scenario for a young team. They got better at the end of the season. They got better, and I think they will be better this season. I'm not rooting for failure. I want them to succeed. I like this group of kids. I haven't met the new guys, of course. Well, I haven't met any of the guys because the only one I know is Mike McGurl because I haven't been around the team for more than a year. Um, But I like this group. I think they'll be better. But I also think the Big 12 is going to be better. And so Hmm. I I don't know if if they've improved enough to make a dent in the, the gap that was there since the gap's going to widen out even more with improvement. The tide rose, but all the ships rose with it. And I I don't know if it's going to be enough to save them or not. I hope they succeed. I'd love to see Bradford and Pack be the foundation for three NCAA tournament teams. I just can't grasp it right now. And if it doesn't happen, I don't want to hear anyone say, well, we got to keep them or they're going to, they're going to, all the players will transfer. Because that's happening anyhow. Yeah. That, like just quit saying that. That's happening anyhow. They could win next year and four players could transfer. So enough of that. And that's my stance on they could win next year and I'd still make a change. Just from what we've seen. It's it's just the timing. The pandemic, everything. It didn't happen this year. You've lost your entire class from 2019. The foundation that gave you your excuse to stay around All of the excuses are starting to crumble. And if you can't be successful and be at a successful point where you should be, because last year they should have built up, but they didn't. 
you know, they should have been a lot better last year compared to two years ago. And now they're, they are where they are. They need to get back to the NCAA tournament. I don't think just making it is enough. You got to make it to the second day. You got to make it to the second round, I think, if, if you want any argument for Bruce to still be the head coach, because at least he turned it around. But I don't think that when we consider that making the NCAA tournament is the bare minimum for success at K-State, I think, I don't think that this year that's enough based on the last two years. And let me be clear. Zach means the second round, not, not the second not, game. Sorry, not, yeah. <laughs> if you get into the first four, you have to win two games to get to the second round, which will be the second time he's done it at K-State. Wrap your mind around that. The guys won two conference titles, but advanced past the first round of the tournament once. Wow. And that wasn't even in a title year. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane to think about it. That was our last question, right? Yeah. Okay, I got a quick question for you guys. Quick round robin here. Do a round table. Do you think we'll be doing in-person interviews this football season, or will it be mostly Zoom? Zach? Blackie said at Media Days they were trying to get it in person. It depends. I think we'll be in person with the coaches mm. and on Zoom with the players. That's interesting. That's really interesting. That's, that is kind of interesting. I'm making a lot of noises with my mouth that aren't uh, I, I that say aren't that words. because I have a feeling that all the coaches are vaccinated, and I have a feeling that they not made their coaches get vaccinated, but just listening to Climb and Talk, it sounds like, hey, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it the right way. Right. And you can't make the players do that, and they have no way of really knowing. Well, I'm sure they know, but no way of releasing to the, you know, to the to to the media who's vaccinated and who isn't. So I would imagine that if I were to guess, I would guess coaches in person, players on Zoom. Ryan Gilbert, Big Twelve Media Days was two weeks ago, three weeks ago this Boy, week. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Wow, three weeks. Time flies. Yeah, and a lot's changed. So he might have been intending to do it in person. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think we're going to be all Zoom again. I really do. I now that they've yeah. got an indoor mask mandate in Manhattan, Kansas, I think we're going to be. Wait, what? In the university. The university. Oh, yeah. Not, not yeah, the city which, yet. I'm sorry. But it'll, but yes, the I'm sure it'll come. Which is what impacts football. So Yeah. The irony, me and Cole were talking about this with you gawk by Aggieville. Let's refill the bill everywhere you go. And then there is a mask mandate on campus. Yeah. So, but that's outdoors. Yeah, it's, okay, but it's still it's really indoors, contradicting. Outdoors. It's not to it's say a, refill and bring fifty thousand fans back in one place because it's outdoors. And then you have to wear a mask when you're indoors. Inside. Well, I, I get yeah, that, but I, it's still contradicting. It's not. I, it is. It is. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you that mask mandates outdoors are silly, but when you're congregated next to people for prolonged periods of time maybe not sure i'm just well, saying i get what, i get both sides i'm saying it just doesn't make sense pick one side or the other yeah. do I'm you gonna, want to slow the spread or not i'm gonna joe mansion the hell out of this topic and agree with both of you okay cole do you agree with me or zach i plead the fifth <sighs> there we go as much as it's probably wrong to for for k-state to do if they informally ask the media saying hey are you vaccinated 
I'd be like, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Here's my card. I want to go do stuff in person, man. Are we going to have to wear a mask in the press box? Absolutely. Yep. Even if the windows are open. <laughs> Absolutely. See, is AT and T is AT and T Stadium? They will if not. The roof, no, if the I guarantee roof, you. They no, won't. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, who cares where it is? Okay. I know it's Texas. Is AT and T Stadium with the roof open? Outdoors. Is it an indoor or an outdoor stadium? I say it's outdoors. Yeah. With the roof open. Don't got a roof over your head. But it's a tiny roof. Yeah, I don't care. Just because God can see down for the game. Just because it's tiny, it's tiny doesn't mean it doesn't count. Huh. Believe me, I know. Okay. Lynn there. Mm-hmm. That's it for the PowerCat Podcast. Appreciate you listening. We'll have an overtime at the end of this week. Uh, we already recorded it. It's actually pretty good. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.